1: Hello there, and welcome to the Video Nasties podcast. My name is Christopher Brown. If you've seen Revenge of the Bogeyman, you probably understand why I did have an idea of just littering this podcast with lots and lots of clips from uh, the podcast for the Bogeyman. Uh, I decided against that because there is actually some things you can say about it. There's no doubt that Uli Lomel. Um, was trying to do something interesting with a sequel to The Bogeyman. With this film, it's Revenge of the Bogeyman is a sequel of sorts. The film is short, consists of large amounts of the first movie told in flashback. This effectively means it's ridiculously cheap to produce, and also that it's basically being critically dismissed. Uli Lomel wants to create something interesting, though. Despite the fact that the open and recap of the first film seems to be some kind of budget-saving measure, uh, it takes up around 40 minutes of the 75-80 to 80 minute at time. Reality and fantasy bleed together as the movie moves to its closing section, though. The story is about a, a fragment of the possessed mirror that caused the damage of the bogeyman is brought to LA by its heroine, Lacey, who's uh, played by Susanna Love, who at the time was uh, Lamell's wife, and she takes uh, the, the, the mirror shard, uh, possesses a hapless butler who goes on a rampage. He does some traditional slashes. Shasta Kills when there are these environment murders again as well that that list the first film involving a a death by electric toothbrush, death by shaving cream and a, a very contrived, very silly killing involving sucking on a tailpipe of a car by being hit by a ladder While this is going on the filmmakers are trying to make a movie of the supposedly real events of the first film In this way the, uh, the, the, the original film bleeds into this one, and uh, what is film unreal no longer matters to the cast. Meanwhile, Lamel plays um, Mickey Lambert, a director who seems to give her plenty of lectures about uh, commercialism and that Hollywood doesn't care about art.
0: Remember the original bogeyman? Well, he's back, more terrifying than ever, in revenge
1: of the bogeyman. A spirit of evil captured forever in the glass of a mirror. sky of filmmakers dream becomes a nightmare. (laughs) Once released, no one can halt the relentless revenge of the bogeyman. The movie gets terrible reviews, mainly due to the high amount of stock footage and scenes of people uh, sitting around the pool discussing said stock footage, but it's not as bad as people say. It's not like, I mean, the the stock footage chunks are big, but they they they're not. It's it's not quite as. Uh, when people say the the extent this kind of recap of the first story goes on for, I think people think it's just just terrible you know wavy lines and then 80 minutes of you know whatever 45 minutes of footage but it, it isn't that bad although it is very noticeable what what obviously what's happening the new deaths are reasonable enough uh silly really in truth as these think probably should be i mean you know shaving phone electric toothbrush and that uh, that exhaust pipe killer are not exactly anything to it uh, to, 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 to you know write home about and there's a, a, a terrible force per sector shot of a, a car exploding. Lamel a- appears to be trying to achieve something with the film, despite his incredibly low budget, allowing an interview with the website Dr. Gore Funhouse. He doesn't seem to be pleased with it. He seems to have took the money and shot the film around his pool at home. It was 10 days of shooting in the house and three on location but it's bare, bearing in mind that the film's actually credited to being directed by Bruce Starr, who's really Bruce Pern, a lightning and technical worker in the movies. It was used to give him a break and free Lommel up a bit, but presumably to kind of didn't feel like he was able to act in a film that he was directing. But it is fairly widely noted and can be seen in the way it's put together that uh, this was at very least co-directed by by Lommel and um, not just with the old product but also with with the new stuff that's been added in as well as I said speaking to this Dr. Gore's Funhouse interview which seemingly is a a fantastic interview in the fact that it only focuses on this film and not even the original (laughs) it's it's a mad choice Uh, there's a bit bit of journalistic uh, purity there if nothing else He said, "I didn't want to make a sequel at all. I was young and rebellious and thought sequels were a stupid corporate exploitation idea. So when I finally did it, I played myself, a director who didn't want to make that movie. I'm not proud of much anyway. Certainly not movies. When I can help a friend or a stranger, that makes me feel good. Pride is something I do not need. I told my investors if I can do whatever I want and call it *Burgieman 2*, then I would do it. They said okay." film's about selling out, getting corrupted, revenge, my favourite three themes back then. I made the movie I wanted to make, but since I work in symbols and metaphors and subversively, sometimes 10 people get it, other times 10 million. It makes no difference to me. I never catered to anyone ever, we just had fun, like with the first one. I never expected anyone, any one of them to be successful. Nicky? Mm-hmm. Are
0: you asleep?
2: Yeah.
0: I feel so bad for her. Mm-hmm. Although... Lacey's experience would make a hell of a movie. I mean, it's all there. Girl traumatized by murders, invents ghosts to explain them. <clears throat> you should, uh, write some screenplays. But it's real. You say you want to make films about reality. Look, I am tired of living in fear, Mickey. I'm 29 years old. I want a home of my own, a secure income. Once again. I don't see how it could hurt her. It's just like exploiting her. It's only a movie. Look, your last two films were wonderful, Mickey. They really were. But nobody saw them except a couple of UCLA film students, and they don't even pay. Well, they were just released really stupidly, the posts, of the campaign, everything. I know all the reasons, Mickey. But you're a professional movie maker. That means you do it for a living. I hate having to make excuses to the landlord and the phone company and the gas company. You're like a beggar. You call a film, Mickey. Then you can make any kind of movie you want fun I mean, telling ghost stories around a campfire.
1: So all that seems quite interesting. I mean obviously he's trying to um I've, i mean from my point of view um the cynical and trying to make a point and being quite cavalier and then there's recycling old footage, shooting some scenes with your mates in your, in your back garden and then calling it a sequel. I mean, it's irritating that almost that it's not inept, just lazy. Again, much like this first film, almost trying to say something about cinema here. It's just I'm not convinced he can even be bothered to actually say it. It's difficult to take a film seriously when the credits are obviously written on a piece of paper with a pen. You know, I mean, the, the only... I mean, this isn't... On, you, you do see this kind of idea of you know taking the first film as if it was real um it tends to be in quite lazy sequels <laughs> i think it's fair to say um blair witch 2 did that um human Centipede 2 which is not a lazy film although you know quite divisive um also does the same thing as well um it's all very meta but um you know I don't know if it's really for the audience's benefit or it's really for the director's benefit or the writers.
0: I'm Sally's friend, Cynthia. I'm
2: not married either. How do you do? So you're the demon killer herself, huh? I'm Bernie, Mickey's friend. This is Sally. She had the distinction of being Miss Arizona in 1979. Very good year indeed.
0: Mickey's been unusually mysterious about you, Lacey. Now, I know Constance will get fascinated by your story, Lacey. Yes, I'm what you call nosy. Lacey, why don't you tell them about what happened in the barn? It's
2: just a piece of bird, and it had its own power.
1: I think um really where a lot of these low reviews are come from though is how sanctimonious the film actually is. Um I mean it's it's quite prudish and quite up itself. Um as you hear Lommel actually describes himself as being, you know, basically playing himself. And other characters refer to as Mickey as some kind of like European auteur, um, you know, that his films exceed the budgets that have been given. It, you know, it, it, artsy fartsy phrases, and he resists exploitation. And like, there's a given into it only because it's making an, an American film. I mean, the, the film actually opens with this really frank discussion about showing nudity, which results in a bit of a strop from Mickey and an actress taking off her swimsuit top underwater. And the camera moving away, and um, you know, the, the, somebody describes exploitation as a genre in America rather than a concept. And um, you kind of wonder what what he's really getting at a lot of it. Really, is he you know is he just is he just lecturing? Is the director of the Bogeyman just lecturing about how American films are a bit crap? And if he is, then you know. Why, why, is he, why is he doing it? I think, to be fair, from my point of view, Lommel's very much his own worst enemy. And the absurdity of the film is an odd pairing with whatever he's trying to say. Even if that's something is really, hey, I've worked with Fast Binder and Andy Warhol, you should pay me some more fucking respect.
2: I thought it looked tremendous. Magic. Mickey, let me put it to you one more time, okay? The reason I put up the money for these pickup scenes is we can get a little damn skin into the thing. I mean, we even discussed it as the skinny dipping scene. That would just be pure exploitation. Mickey, Mickey, you don't understand. In America, exploitation is a genre. But this has nothing to do with the idea behind Natalie or the age of diminishing expectations. Mickey, the idea behind the picture is to get people to buy tickets. Stop using your title, and please stop fighting me every inch of the way, huh? Okay. She takes the
1: top off with no more compromises. The original version was released on video by VTC, banned as video nasty in September '84, but was removed from the list in July '85. Now, there's versions of this film, which is annoying for fans. I'm sure. I think it's easy. You know, when there's like. A video nasty in the original cut, video nasty cut involved like just like, like it would drill a killer where they just take like a few, a few minutes off the middle of it and it's not even, you know, uh, a, you know, gory or anything. I think people are a little less, less worried about watching an uncut version, but the version on DVD is called Redux or Director's Cut, depending on which territory you're in. Now it's past 18 uncut here in, uh, 2000. Free on a Hollywood DVD, which is not a great, was not not a great DVD line. Um, But this is very different again to this original version. There's a new score to kind of make it more up to date. An additional footage of uh, the director talking to camera to bulk up the running time, and it it looks like it's been filmed on digital. Uh, It's obviously designed to be filmed after the event uh again it's kind of there to kind of indicate like a blurring of lines between reality and fantasy and and the dvd format as it was that, and special features as it were but um in terms of you know comparing the two it 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 does other things it's uh it's 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 longer But it, it it you know it has more new material as it were, but it, it isn't very good. Um, and also, you know, from a from a collector's point of view, it doesn't get, provide you with a version anything close to a version of the film that your call was like at the time. There isn't actually a DVD release of the the proper nasty, um, but the video nasty does pop up a lot on VHS. In various formats on eBay, if you want to get hold of a copy. And to be honest with you, it does pop up on YouTube a lot now as well. Um, so you, you're not too tied from it. I think it's fair to say that the reason why it was on the list was because it contained so much uh, contentious material from the first film. And, um, you know, that's just what it is. Also, the title. Um, for me personally, the best thing about that video is the cover. It's got a great painted cover on, which doesn't actually uh, give it any real feel for what the film's about, apart from the fact that it contains something that's shiny, that's quite powerful, and it can, you know, and there's a monster in it. But uh, obviously, you don't see the monster. But regardless, um, and uh, you know, that's that's kind of cool, um, and it is a lovely painted cover. There's a third sequel released in 1994, which uses more, even more stock footage between from one and two, called Return of the Bogeyman. Uh, I wouldn't get involved with that. Um, you know, at some point you have to draw a line on these things, don't you? And uh, I think you know, I, I feel I might, I might have drawn draw the line already with Finch. So there you go. It is um, probably. More interesting than, uh, reviews will have you believe. Uh, but at the same time, it is still an incredibly frustrating film. And let's not forget, it is in the end, even, you know, the new footage, age, pretty daft kills and slasher kills. And, uh, no amount of discussion about the wise wherefores of Hollywood and commercialism is ever gonna detract from that.
2: Just on Mickey's name and a material. I've already got two hundred and fifty thou committed.
0: That's great, Bernie.
2: I wish Mickey was here. When the hell's he getting back?
0: Well, Constance lives in Malibu. He's been out there. I'm
2: doing something with this I never do. I'm kicking another fifty thou myself.
0: So you're going for it?
2: Going for it. I see nine or. 10 million gross, domestic. Hey, what do you say we give the little lady a point?
0: What's a point?
2: That's cute. Why don't you tell her?
0: A percentage, 1% of the profits.
2: More specifically in this case, $100,000.
0: No one's going to make a movie about my mirror.
2: Come on, everyone backs a winner. Why don't you be the technical advisor? You'll, you'll move out here. Everybody loves it out here. Go to the beach, check out the mountains. Pretty soon you'll be a native. All the culture you can take, the Hollywood Bowl, the Universal Tour. You'll even get to like the smog.
1: Right. Um. Thanks very much uh, for everyone who's been in touch. Uh. Um, for all the retweets and people saying hello uh, big hello to uh, Mr Jim Moon over at uh, hypnagoria.com and his uh, his Twitter is at Hypnogoria. but he's, he's reached 150 episodes of his Hypnobobs podcast which is uh, something uh, I've mentioned before and is a fantastic podcast uh, he did uh, back in the midst of time did uh, did one about the video nasties but uh, it's a very changed beast now and it is a uh, you know that was like a thirty-minute kind of uh, sprint through the story of, of of why the nasties happened, and now like he does these just incredible in-depth, lengthy, you know, multi-part podcasts, which are just wonderful to listen to and brilliantly researched. And uh, I I think it, it, the only feedback I got was uh, was from him where he uh, where he said uh, it should have been called Bogeyman Two Deja Vu. <laughs> Which is fair enough. Uh, so thanks for that, Jim. Uh, yeah, and um, very true, very true. Uh, but he was meant to be—it's art, Jim. It's art. It's what is it? he had—all these ideas. It's thats, that's the concept. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he just bull- Maybe Uli was just uh bull- bullshitting us all. If you want to get hold of me, please do. Uh, the next film, I think, might get a bit more of a response. Uh, if you get me on my email, it's gmail.com. Get me on my uh, on the website, com or on my Twitter, which is at orange underscore monkey. So, next week, big one. Not going to be short like this. It is notorious and it has sequels and remakes and uh, and lots and lots of um, column inches written about it at the time uh, which I need to wade through before next Sunday and it is called A Spit On Your Grave or Day Of The Woman if you're so inclined so if you have any opinions about Day Of The Woman or "I Spit On Your Grave uh, please let me know because I'm pretty sure a lot of people do it's an, o- it's an odd film um, again kind of different to what you imagine it's going to be from what people say uh, But such a brutal experience but we'll get on to that um, next week so until then take care and I'll speak to you soon goodbye <laughs>
0: Let's do it. Come on. Come on, honey. Take off your top. All right, let's go for another take. Ready? Let's take it.